Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Obviously, what follows you is speculation about home in Los Angeles for obvious reasons. Is there an allure there to you to the idea of playing, you know, at home? I mean, it, it, I would I would say you know almost everybody in this league uh, would have loved to play at home. Um, I, I won't say that's that's a lie. Um, everybody would love to play for their home uh, in one way or another, but that that won't be done. That's not like. The only, you know, option for for why I want to go somewhere is because it's home. everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where, welcome to the Lakers Legacy, Paul George, your rings, purple and gold jersey in the rafters, and Lakers-centric Hall of Fame inductee speech await you, should you choose to take it. Alan Riley, how does that sound to your ear holes? Mm, my ear holes are tingling right now. Great. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Jonathan Hernandez. I'm joined by my co-host, Alan Riley. Welcome to the Lakers Legacy Podcast. It is kind of the dog days of summer for Lakers news, I guess, and Lakers fans. But the good news is Paul George is done. He's He's gone fishing. And hopefully that means he's gone home too. We'll see. Yeah, the, the playoffs are fun though. Alan, let me get your quick take on 
what you've seen out of this playoffs. Been a very interesting ride thus far. Like I just mentioned, Westbrook and Paul George are out. They lost to this crazy Utah Jazz team right now. They lost 4-2. LeBron James managed to eke it out against the Indiana Pacers, and the Pacers kept it tight throughout. Um, Sixers lost their game one against the Boston Celtics. And, and that series is really interesting just because outside of Horford and J.J. Redick, I mean, everybody else is pretty much a, a young gun, you know? So, yeah, what's what's your take on uh, this playoff so far? And have you enjoyed watching it, even, even in spite of the fact that the Lakers aren't in it? Yeah, this I feel like um, the playoffs have been one of the best um, starts in quite a while. Um, there's been what seems to be like a lot of bad blood between teams, which is exciting. And so many of these teams have a lot of youth. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to expect this type of um, competitive spirit, as Charles Barkley would say, you know, for years to come. I I feel like this new generation, the Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Ben Simmons, all those guys, there's just like a different kind of edge to them. Whereas Donovan Mitchell, yeah, Donovan Mitchell for sure. Like when you look at LeBron, CP3, etc., Melo, D Wade, whatever, they're all just so buddy buddy with each other. And I don't know if these younger guys uh, are trying like extra hard to reverse that or whatever, but it almost seems like that's the case where they there's like a genuine, almost like a dislike, you know, for each other, and it just makes it so much more fun to watch. Um, so that's probably my initial take just on how I feel like things have been going. Like the Philadelphia Miami series was so much fun to watch watching Philadelphia, just objectively speaking, you know, I know that we're all like, Oh, screw the process and all that stuff. Cause we have our version that we think is better, but there's, there's no like way you can deny that it isn't fun to watch that team. Um, so yeah, man, it, it's just been a really fun ride so far. I almost feel like this second round of games is going to be disappointing, you know, compared to the mm-hmm. first. Um, it already seems like it might be tilting um, in certain teams' favors more than others. But, um, yeah, so far, a lot of fun to watch. I know we've talked kind of on the side in our little group chat about how we're pretty jealous that the Lakers aren't able to experience yep. all of this, get their fill, um, and get their experience and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there, there's next year. I I think uh, we all agree that they'll be a part of it. And I thought it was cool that Kyle Kuzma was actually on Area 21 with Kevin Garnett last night yeah, on TNT. So uh, definitely a lot of respect for for Kuz right there, just to bring him in with those guys. Um, so yeah, man, it, it's been very very enjoyable. Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts real quick um, on that last point that you just shared. I asked Tommy about it last episode, but. You know, with so many young guys not only experiencing their first playoff run in the NBA, but thriving as well, obviously it makes us jealous, but does it make you antsier, the fact that the Lakers' young core isn't here, but we saw enough promise this season that we know if they had just gotten a shot somehow, some way, that they might be approximating some of what these guys are doing because it does feel like a newer NBA, like a a new crop and era has arrived. And obviously at the end of the day, when all is said and done, Golden State is probably still going to win the championship. But you can definitely for the first time feel the turning of the tide and to not have the Lakers young core in there. And even even when you see guys who aren't necessarily stars, but 
guys like OG Ananobi, Terry Rozier, Dante Exum, these young guys get their first playoff experience. It, it kind of sucks knowing that like we have better prospects and they don't even get to benefit from having this year, you know, and they almost, yeah. it almost seems like, Oh, Dante Exum has a head start on Lonzo mm-hmm. ball. What the, you know what I mean? I mean? Like, does it make it make you answer? And does the fact that these guys are not only experiencing it, but getting lit, does that have an extra, extra kind of like make? Does it make you more antsy? Oh, for sure, one hundred percent. You can't help but imagine if we had made the playoffs, you know, it would have been as the eight seed, I'm sure, and we would have got smacked by Golden State. But any type of playoff experience would be huge in terms of this team's development. And like you said, to see certain players who are solid, you know first, second, third year guys or whatever, but to see them succeeding and um, proving themselves in a way, it does make me jealous without a doubt. And I'm extremely curious to see how uh, guys on our team would respond. Yeah, I, I think we could all agree that Kyle Kuzma would eat it up. You know, mm-hmm. he would really thrive in this position. Uh, I think Josh Hart would thrive and surprise, maybe not surprise us, but surprise a lot of other people just due to his college experience. And then, seeing how Brandon Ingram would respond. And then obviously Zoe, um, all of that would just be, yeah, I'm, I'm super jealous. And I, I think about it whenever I see any of these young teams playing, <laughs> how we would fare. Um, but yeah, you know, it's in some ways, I mean, if you want to like, cause you can always uh, create a silver lining, spin it positively, whatever you hope our young core is watching all of this right mm-hmm. now. And is getting juiced up for next year. I hope they all have a major chip on their shoulders thinking like, damn, had we been there right now, um, you know, we'd be kind of on the same level, same par as them. When we do enter the playoffs next year, we're going to be that new team on the block when they've all got that year under their belt. And uh, I just hope guys don't go in with a mentality like making excuses for themselves like, oh, it's our first go around. Like, nah, screw that. Like, let's. Let's enter the party just like Utah did this year, you know, and all these other young teams. So very, very antsy. Yeah. And like I mentioned to Tommy last episode, but once you actually get into the playoffs and once you're actually in that atmosphere, yes, there's that sense that, you know, the hiccups and all that stuff. But also you don't know how you're going to respond in the thick of things. And people didn't expect Donovan Mitchell to go ham. People didn't expect Ben Simmons to go ham. Terry Rozier, you know, obviously there's going to be Definitely some Definitely not nerves, Terry Rozier but, to this level. That's crazy. <laughs> but I mean, even if you get swept, right, you have four games to show yourself and the nerves can only last so long. And at, at a certain point, you're just like, all right, I'm in here. I might as well do something with right. it. And so guys who were in the rookie of the year race, like Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, you know, even Jalen Brown, who's a second-year player, we didn't expect them to play this well. I don't think they expected themselves to play this well, right? I'm sure they were nervous, but hey, it happened, and they're making do with what they have, even in spite of the nerves, and I can only imagine, especially with a guy like Kyle Kuzma, if he had made it in this year, I'm sure he would have gone off for some 20-point games, even if even if we had gotten swept, you know? So I think... Yeah, it sucks to know that we're kind of a year behind, but like you said, hopefully once we make it Next year, we just come in guns blazing too. Like, we don't need an adjustment curve or, or a learning curve period or anything like that. And um, I think I like what you said about the Sixers. Obviously, I'm biased because my family's from Philly. So the Sixers are almost like a second 
like a second team that I that I root for. Yeah, you have an attachment to them. The process. But even just looking at their template, right? They show us a, another reality in which, oh, you can just literally in one year flip the switch like that because you trusted in your young core and just filled out your roster the right way in a way that complemented that young core, right? Isn't that what we want for our team? So for me, even just looking at it in that respect, like, oh, the Sixers are kind of what we want to be and then more. Yeah, you know? so right. It's it's interesting, and yeah, this playoffs has been, I think, very unique in that sense. That yeah. it's like a pretty good mixture of yeah, established legacies, mm-hmm. but you can sense it the tide turning. So. Yeah, you know what I think we really want to be now that you put it in those terms is we want to be for next season Boston because they've got the yeah. young guys, and then when healthy, they've got Hayward and they've got Kyrie. Right, right. And that's exactly. like really what you freaking want, and so many. Um, you know, media members and commentators and whatnot have been saying that Boston is currently like San Antonio because they've mm-hmm. lost so many dudes. You plug, you play, and they're still winning. Um, so I, I think looking at Boston is kind of that model for what we want. Superstars, young guys, vets, all that stuff, a great coach. Um, just no Danny Ainge, please. Um, <laughs> that That's basically the template that uh, we're, we're hoping for. That, and like you said, even with Philly, I mean, a J.J. Redick, um, he's obviously not a superstar or anything, but he's like that bona fide established vet who you can really count on. So it's exciting, man. It, it definitely feels like suddenly there's this new generation, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just, um, like completely different from what the last two to three years have felt like. It's, it's very fresh and, uh, it's, it's freaking exciting. It feels like it kind of just hits you out of nowhere. Right. And oh, it's for sure. Cool. It's cool to know that we're on the cusp of that. We're, yeah. just, we're almost there. We're almost there. And you know what other team we need to be like? We need to be like Utah Jazz. <laughs> I'm literally listing all the teams. Why the hell not? not? <laughs> They're freaking good. Golden They're in the State. second round right now. <laughs> I know. Just just to make our point that the young studs and the new generation is uh, is making noise, right? So it's, it's really cool. Um, all right. So tonight's episode, it's going to be pretty simple. We're going to talk about Paul George because even though the Lakers haven't been in the playoffs, somehow we got a playoff win, Alan. And that playoff win happened when the Utah Jazz beat the Oklahoma City Westbrooks and <laughs> sent Paul George packing and thinking about his future in just one month. No, two months. And um, so, yeah, there's a victory there. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Paul George. We're going to be dissecting his exit interview a little bit, talking about how... I guess OKC Thunder fans and beat reporters are taking the news and kind of just giving our confidence level in what 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 we think um, is going on in Paul George's head and, and how confident we are that the Lakers are going to be able to sign him given everything that's happened and transpired the last year. And then outside of that, we're also going to be doing our first Lakers draft prospect overview for their number 25th pick. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about point guard slash combo guard shake milton from smu so we're excited to do that yeah but before we get to all those things um as usual first please follow us on twitter at lakers legacy pod please also rate and review us on itunes because the more you rate and review us that is how many number 13 paul george lakers jerseys will be sold next season actually it's gonna be zero because that was wilt chamberlain's number but that's okay What else could he wear? He could wear 31. Flip that around. 31. You're right. You're right. Did Kurt Rambis wear 31? Man, there's so many Lakers legends. He's not retired. (laughs) His jersey's not retired. 
Let's do it. So the more you rate interview us, that is how many insert number Paul George Lakers jerseys will be sold next season. Ninety nine. And if we've got a PG thirteen, not thirteen, Lakers jersey in the top five of jersey sales next year, well, you know what that means. Translation, he's a Laker. Second translation, Lego. Third translation, it's lit. Fourth translation, <laughs> just kidding. Paul George is a Laker, everybody. So please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, speaking of rating and reviews, uh, tonight, fittingly, we've got Rob Palenka to read the review. Rob Palenka, take it away. Well, uh, thank you, Jonathan, and thank you, Alan. I just want to say um, I really appreciate being with you guys and for supporting us through through everything this year. And um, it's, it's going to be a great off season, guys. So this is coming from Tutoboshi, written. It's called "A Fat Bottom Full of Lakers Knowledge." If you want a Lakers show that passes the litness test, this is it. Lakers Legacy is the godcast of podcasts. The hosts provide the perfect balance of optimism and realism, humor and seriousness. Sometimes the guys may wear Groucho Marx mustaches and tickle your tummy with a feather duster. Other times they may wear smart gray suits, rub their ch- <laughs> rub their chins pensively and provide state of the art stock market analysis but most of all they are superb cooks whipping up a delicious stew of lakers analysis eat it they scream and i do thanks to the nourishment of these fine young men i now have big fat bottom full of lakers knowledge and it my bottom says (laughs) super cali lakerlicious lebron and paul george and our team will be vicious Thank you, Lakers Legacy, for the wisdom you have given me. I am truly thankful for this show. Tutoboshi. <laughs> Arigatou gozaimashita! Hi. Uh, was that... <laughs> Math Japanese, I can say things like this. <laughs> was that Rob Palenka or Bill Walton? I don't know, dude. It started getting kind of weird. I was just talking so much. I've never spoken like Rob Palenka for that long, so... Anyway, hey, wasn't that fitting? I mean, he talked about the Dude. podcast. He was yeah. talking about all these weird analogies. Philippians it was awesome. 413. <laughs> Kobe Bryant is our North Star. Let's never forget. He's my best friend. Hey, that was that was an awesome read. That was amazing. What was his name? Tutoboshi? Tutoboshi, yeah. Dude, thank you for that review. That was awesome. That was hilarious, witty. I mean, Extremely our fans well are great. What really well written. There's a lot of thought that went into that, and we're proud to read it as Rob Palenka. You, he even mentioned Paul George and LeBron James, which he is did. all we're going to be talking about this summer. Um, so please, if you want to get your review read, it's your chance to be funny, your chance to be witty, or it's just your chance to tell us that you appreciate us. So please rate and review us on iTunes, uh, especially during the dog days of summer when you know it's kind of a slugfest to try and do this <laughs> podcast, and you know we've got other things going on, and we really have no gauge right now of how well we're doing outside of seeing you know the typical <laughs> downloads and stats. So rate and review. And us guys like Tutoboshi. That really helps. And, and guys like Tutoboshi, yeah. I mean, we might just keep reading that every episode. I'm in, fine with that. In different ways. Just different people, uh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that review was lit. That's all we can say. With that said, let's get on with our show. Yeah, Alan, so the Lakers have the number 25th pick uh, via Cleveland this year. And, you know, for a while, 
it still may happen. We still may trade that pick along with Luau Dang in order to free up some more cap space to not only sign LeBron James and Paul George, but to better keep Julius Randle or another one of our guys, whether that's Isaiah Thomas or Brooke Lopez. But um, even if they do that, I don't think they're going to be doing that until July happens and they have a commitment from one or two of those stars. So having said that, it's probably likely that the Lakers will still be making their pick. Um, and given how well, you know, Jesse Buss has drafted uh, the last, you know, almost half a decade or so, uh, I think it's important to, even though we've kind of been out of the loop in the draft scouting game this season, to start doing our homework. And so we landed upon Shake Milton, SMU third year guard. Um, yeah, he spent three years at SMU, six six, seven foot wingspan. He's a combo guard. Uh, at his length, at six six, you know, seven foot wingspan, he could pretty much also play positions one through three. So he could probably probably be a wing in the NBA, especially the way that Luke likes to play the guys. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go into just our thoughts and analysis of this guy, um, who right now, you know, everything's still a little bit murky, especially um, as the combine starts getting underway and workouts start happening we'll get a clearer vision of everything but right now this guy's slated to go around anywhere from like the 20th to the 35 range and so depending on how he does in the workouts you know he could rise or just kind of stay in that um, sort of area that the Lakers are in so given that I think it's good to yeah let's just say the Lakers have a shot at Shake Milton at number 25. Um, His first two years were kind of um, you know a little bit underwhelming Um, First year at SMU, 10 points, 3 rebounds, 2.7 assists, um, only 1.5 turnovers, shot 47% from the field and 42% from three. Uh, Second year, he got 13 points, 4 rebounds, 4.5 assists, only 1.8 turnovers. Um, Field goal percentage dropped to 44%, but his three-point percentage still remained at 42%, which is great. And he hit about 2.3 threes per game, so it showed you that he hit at a high volume. Now, his third year, his junior year, granted that he, I believe he sustained a hand injury um, towards the latter end of it, so he only played 22 games. But in those 22 games, his he jumped to 18 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, 4.4 assists, 1.4 steals, uh, 45% uh, field goals, and 43% from three-point land, which is his highest um, in college. And all throughout college, he shot above 42% from three, which is pretty impressive, um, hitting about two to 2.5 threes a game. So, Alan, before we dive any deeper, I guess what are your initial thoughts on Shake Milton? 6'6", six, six, foot wingspan, two, 205 pounds, um, a longer, lankier guard. Um, yeah, what are, what are your initial thoughts on this guy? Well, yeah, you obviously like to hear those types of measurables. And the fact that he uh, played in college for three years kind of follows... Um, the Lakers draft strategy in terms of late round picks, you know, you have Kyle Mm -hmm. Kuzma, Larry Nance Jr., Josh Hart, um, all those guys stayed in college for quite a while. So um, I I feel like in terms of looking at guys who are more polished, um, whether that's maturity wise off the court or on the court, I think he fits that mold. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I, you and I both watch probably like the same videos in terms of scouting him. I think what stands out most <clears throat> um, are his measurables. Like he's incredibly long, seven foot wingspan, and that gives him a lot of advantages offensively or defensively. Uh, he's very smooth. He has mm-hmm. just a really good feel for the game. Um, 
there was like this one highlight. This is like a terrible comparison, and uh, it almost might seem like a negative one, but he he's like pretty deliberate, and he's like mm. a faster Kyle Anderson. <laughs> like I know Kyle <laughs> yeah. Anderson no, is like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. slow mo, right? And like he is six, he's six foot nine, but in terms of his ability to distribute. Um, to see over the top of the defense when it comes to making plays for others, and then his length as well and just craftiness. There was, like, again, one play where I'm like, oh, man, that looked like Kyle Anderson, but flashier and faster and more exciting. Um, so, yeah, please don't get hung up on the Kyle Anderson thing for other people. Um, hey, Kyle Anderson was good this year. He's solid, though, I mean, yeah. The, the Spurs know, used him a lot. <laughs> yeah, I just know people look at Kyle Anderson like, oh, God, like, that guy. He's so slow and so boring. Oh, yeah, so Shake Milton is not that slow. Is no, what you're trying to get. no, not at all. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just fast forward Kyle Anderson, and then, boom, there's Shake Milton. Um, he has a really quick release, unlike Kyle Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really smooth, and it's just, like, very fundamentally sound. Um, very comfortable in the mid range, which is great to see. Mm-hmm. You don't see that much in college for sure. He's, he's got a nice pull up jumper. Um, he's extremely ambidextrous. Um, a lot of highlights of him just finishing in the paint, either left or right hand. So, uh, the versatility is definitely there. I mean, again, I'm thinking that that's got a lot to do with the fact that he's a third year player in college. Um, just a lot of good instincts too, which again, Obviously, any team wants that, but in terms of what we have as a team right now, you look at a guy like Josh Hart, you look at, obviously, Lonzo, you look at Kyle Kuzma, all those guys just have a very good feel for the game, and uh, I feel like Shake fits that mold as well. Um, defensively, he just he seems like he has all the tools um, mm-hmm. that one would need to be a solid defender. Again, we talk about that length. He's pretty quick, too. Um, I-, I noticed that his ability to close out on shooters at the three point line is really good. Um, he's very quick with recovery and, um, also looks like he could be pretty good at protecting the rim. You know, if he gets beat off the dribble because of his seven foot wingspan, um, he can definitely alter shots, if not block them in the paint. So, um, yeah, he's, he's very impressive. Um, and, let's just hope he doesn't show out too much at things like the combine yeah. and workouts and whatnot. Cause you know, a guy like Kyle Kuzma really flew under the radar when we drafted him. We're like, who the F is this guy? And everyone's like, wow, that's a terrible freaking pick. And then you look at him and then Larry Nance was another dude a few years ago. We're like, what the F this is freaking weird. Like why we take him. So if this guy shows out too much, he might very well be gone by 25. Um, yeah. But let, let's hope, let's hope he just sucks. And then he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And uh, I like, I actually like the Kyle Anderson comparison because I think an overarching descriptor of his game or the way that he's been characterized is someone who is a very solid and fundamental playmaker. And he doesn't get a lot of turnovers. Um, he does have some flashy plays and most of that happens in transition. But with regards to kind of just being a good floor general, he actually holds his turnovers down. So he's not like this, you know, Ricky Rubio, Jeremy Lin type who, or D'Angelo Russell, even who will make like these flashy plays. And when it's, when it's going good, it, it looks cool. But most of the time, you know, he, you, you get a turnover or whatever, and he doesn't seem like that type of player. Um, and actually he profiles more to be a three and D type of combo guard, almost like Josh Hart. You know, he's a really good three point shooter. Um, he has the measurables to become a good defender. And right now he's already shown flashes. So, and the good thing is 
he can handle the ball. He can play make. You know, 4.5 assists in college is actually pretty good. Yeah. Because you only have, what, however many minutes. Um, so that profiles to be around five assists a game. You yeah, know, you figure a 30-second shot clock, <laughs> right? Like, it's a lot less shots per pos- um, shots per game and opportunities. And, yeah, like you said, two 20-minute halves. And then just generally it's college. I, I didn't watch like any SMU basketball, yeah. but I don't know what their style of play is, whether it's more like a pro style or, or just straight up half court. But um, no matter what, yeah, over four assists is great production. Yeah. And so, I mean, his biggest strength is obviously shooting. Sorry. Do you know what his free throw percentages? You may have mentioned it. Oh, his free throw percentage is it's great. 85%. Oh, thank God. This senior year. Yeah. <laughs> So obviously we all know that free throw percentage correlates highly to whether or not, you know, the three point shot translates or the overall jump shooting translates to the NBA. And I think with Shake Milton, it's definitely going to easily translate. I mean, there's such an ease with which he shoots and lets the ball fly that I just have so much confidence in that shot. And the other thing is, you know, going off of his shooting percentages, I think in the 2016-17 season, his sophomore season, he was 91st percentile in catch and shoot. So he can play off the dribble. He can play with the ball in his hands. And he's such a good shooter. You said he's good in the mid-range, and he is. But he's also really good off the dribble in terms of showing a little shake and then just being able to pull up over his defenders. And because he's 6'6", he has the length to do that. And what's cool about having such an ease in his release is that he rarely gets bothered even if the defender's there, you know, right in his grill. And if you can do that and, and kind of translate that to the NBA... Like that's an amazing asset to have in your arsenal. You know, not only being a good off, uh, off ball shooter, cat, uh, catch and shoot shooter, but someone who can actually just raise up off like a a mini crossover dribble off your own dribble. That that's amazing. Um, so I think that is easily translatable for Shake Milton. Um, some of his weaknesses are he 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 has been inconsistent in college. Um, he, he is not an above the rim player. So I guess this is where you can make a Kyle Anderson comparison. <laughs> he, he's smooth, but I mean, he, he, do, he's not very athletic. Like you'll see most of his drives and finishes are kind of pirouettes into the lane, into scoops, you know, scoop layups and whatnot, little, which is fine. under the rim instead. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely not, he's not as athletic as Josh Hart. It doesn't have the same body control. He's not as strong, but what he does have is length. And I would almost compare him to even though he's almost the same height as Brandon Ingram. <laughs> but I would almost say like he's like the guard version of Brandon Ingram, even though Brandon Ingram can play point guard, if that makes any sense. You know, he's very intentional, deliberate, maybe sometimes not that flashy. Because um, Brandon Ingram at Duke was like a 40% three-point shooter. You know, it's just we question whether or not it, his three-point shot would translate, and it's taken a little bit. I don't think that's going to be a problem for Shake Milton, but I think Shake Milton kind of profiles as that type of mold in terms of, you know, at the very least, his floor is a good 3 and D type guard, you know. Um, another thing that I really like about his playmaking is a lot of it comes from transition play. Uh, because he's so long, he can get the rebound. He averaged almost, you know, five rebounds a game. And he's just a really good floor general in transition. And actually, this is where he can get a little flashy and throw these nice lobs to, to his big men. And um, the, like his transition plays have been really, really impressive to see. He always makes really fast reads. He's almost Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart-ish in the way that he just gets the ball out and and, and goes. Um, and so I think that would be like a perfect fit to our team. You know, we, we love getting out into transition. Uh, our main concern is less dribbles and more just pushing the ball ahead. And he's the type of guy who does that. And the fact that he can see the floor um, from 90 feet 
is great. And so I, I really like Shake Milton. I've even gone so far as to watch some of his interviews. He seems like a really well-spoken, upstanding young kid. Um, he also has a great smile. I don't know if you care about that kind of stuff, but he just has an endearing face. And he seems like a guy who, you know, knows what it takes to to make it in the next level. And he knows that he looks like a guy who works hard, uh, doesn't take anything for granted. And um, he just seems mature because of the way that he composes himself. And um, yeah, I really like Shake Milton. Alan, what are your thoughts on his potential fit with a team like the Lakers? And do you think that you know, point guard, shooting guard position is is a position that we need. Uh, really quickly for me, uh, especially given KCP's uncertainty now that we've lost Jordan Clarkson, even if we get Paul George, right? Um, I think last year we saw that once Lonzo Ball was out, it was over for us. You know, our, uh, we pretty much didn't have guard depth, even when we had Jordan Clarkson, you know? So even adding some depth behind Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart, with a guy who can play both positions and sometimes even switch onto the three, I think would be very useful. I mean, I'm assuming that the Lakers will eventually also just convert him into a wing because when Brandon Ingram was out, we had a dearth at that spot as well. But for me, what he presents is just versatility and options. So yeah, I guess what are your thoughts on his potential fit on, on the Lakers? I think the first thing I'm going to do is follow him on all social media platforms to see if he'll be able to fit in with our guys and all their trash talking. Um, <laughs> sure. If he seems like a guy who can who can take it and dish it out and and be frigging hilarious if he plays Fortnite, um, then yeah, he's a great fit on the Lakers. But um, as far as how he would fit on the court, um, I think you hit it on the head when you said versatility. I mean, positionless basketball—that's pretty much everything, you know that. Uh, is the identity of our team really. And um, he, he would definitely be able to provide that as far as backcourt depth and wing depth. Uh, yeah, I agree. We absolutely uh, would need that. Um, especially, I mean, we're all hoping of course, Alonzo is able to play more than 50 something games next year, um, depending on how much his body matures, but you do have to consider his durability. Um, even a guy like Brandon Ingram, um, in terms of like his second year in the league, yeah, did he strengthen his body, things like that? He did, but he also missed about 20-something, 30 games. Um, so, yeah, having that depth would be crucial. And in terms of, like you said it also, he's a guy that will move the ball. Um, if it's in his hands, he's not going to dribble the crap out of it. He's going to get it moving. That way the ball finds energy. Um, we'll constantly be making the right passes in order to attack the basket. And um, in that sense, that's obviously what we try to do as a team. He's not someone who's just going to isolate. He's um, not going to be looking to create his own shot constantly. Although, um, like you said, like he can shoot off the dribble and he's a great catch and shoot player. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, he seems like a guy who's looking to create for others, which, which would be a great fit. And then in terms of his defensive potential, um, it looks like there's tons of potential there. And, you know, we went from last place in the league to – were we 12th ultimately in defensive rating or efficiency? Um, 13th, yeah. 13th, okay. Yeah. So just a little above the middle of the pack, which is great. Um, I think he could add to it. And then you you throw in his college experience and hopefully you know a, bas a high basketball IQ on the defensive end. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it would be a very solid fit. Yeah, I, I just really like this kid. It's uh, I know the Lakers are about to work out some big man coming up this week, but hopefully Shake Milton stays in their radar because 
I am kind of entranced by his length. If you just watch him on tape, he looks very lanky. I like his body build. Um, he looks very solid as a guard, and uh, I don't really know what his NBA comps would be. I know some people, you know, we were excited about guys like Anthony Brown, and that kind of gives me hesitation when I think about that in terms of like, oh, he's a great shooter. Oh, yeah, he's kind of I was thinking about that too. So, oh, man, this guy shoots 40 something from three. Great, Anthony Brown. Yeah. But he can't jump and he can't dunk, and it's like, uh oh. But I, I think some things to be, um, I guess, assured about with Shake Milton is he's a really, he's a good playmaker. He's a very solid playmaker. He plays within himself and he does have moments of flashiness. And I've seen plays where he's literally kind of juking people with some crossovers and then yeah. pulling up for a J and up draining it in the face. Sure. Yeah. Shake Milton. And that, I mean, that's his biggest asset, right? His name. And you know, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> How much you want to bet every time he comes into the game that they're going to play that. <laughs> They better. I'm sure they did it in college, but it's awesome. You know, every time he hits a three, they they start playing that intro. You oh, know exactly, what I'm saying? exactly. <laughs> My milkshake brings other boys to the yard. All right. <laughs> uh, with that said, that will close us out on Shake Milton, and we're excited to follow his journey and whether or not he. Uh, gets a a workout with the Lakers and hopefully he does. Um, And hopefully the Lakers consider him and he's in that range to be considered. Uh, With that said, we're going to turn it over to some Paul George talk. But before we do that, we're going to turn it over to our sponsors really quick and we will catch you guys after the turn. Hey, this is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network here to talk about keeps. So there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it. And they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair and you shoot it over and a licensed physician will review the information and recommend the right treatment to you and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Uh, plus, now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on. What are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. All right, so Paul George, PG-13. He's not going to be number 13 on the Lakers, but you know what? He is going to be on the Lakers, so that's really all that matters. And uh, (laughs) Alan, what are your thoughts on, um, yeah, Paul George, Paul George's playoff run? Um, You know, he had a mixed bag, especially his last game where he shot two for 15, whatever, but I'm pretty sure you're not one of those Lakers fans who are like, do we even want this guy anyways? He's not that good. I don't freaking give a crap, <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, what are your thoughts on, on Oklahoma City, Paul George's short playoff run? And yeah, and then I guess we could go into your thoughts with regards to what stood out to you regarding his uh, exit interview. Well, you know, uh, this Paul George guy, he's, uh, he's pretty good. Pretty good basketball player. Um, <laughs> you know, he can dribble. He can, he can shoot. He can uh, play some defense. Uh, seems like a nice guy. So that, that's about all I got for, uh, for Paul George. Cool. Yeah, he had a good career at uh, Fresno State College. It's cool. Go Bulldogs. Um, 
OKC is just such a jacked up team. So that just made me so freaking happy. This is the first time I've ever rooted for Utah in my whole life. And it was painful. I did not like being happy when Joe Ingles was hitting threes all over the place. That pissed me off so much that I was rooting for that guy. I don't even have anything against him. You know, he's like, who sent it? Oh, my cousin sent me a picture of him next to Toby Flenderson from the office. And I was like, and I sent it to all you guys. I was like, holy crap. He is so, he's such a Toby. Like, I don't know why I dislike him. I just have this irrational distaste for Joe Ingles the same way Michael Scott did for, for Toby. <laughs> so um, it was very strange. No! To- <laughs> no! No! What, what's wrong, Michael? I don't understand why you hate me so much. No, 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 no. <laughs> so that's Joe Ingles. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Joe Ingles. Um, yeah, so... OKC looked like a mess. What a shocker. Um, They played like freaking crap. Paul George, obviously, playoff P, showed up here and there. Um, Had some off games, but again, he wasn't the only one who was off, clearly. Hoodie Mello was not there. Uh, Russell Westbrook was kind of there, kind of not there. Just the whole team just so freaking whack. Like, there's no way that guy's going to come back. Um, So that's how I felt about their playoff run. So let, let's uh, land right there in terms of what, the reasons why he won't be back. And, you know, everything considered and every, from everything we've heard, I think the guys have good off-court chemistry. Like, I think Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony like each sure. other. Yeah. Um, but I think we've seen just how dominating a presence Russell Westbrook is. And I'm even taking Carmelo Anthony out of the equation. You know, Carmelo Anthony obviously is a huge negative factor in all of that. And the fact that he's going to opt into his player option, there's already strife uh, strife around his role. Him saying he's not, there's no way he's going to be a bench player, even though the OKC Thunder objectively, eye test, stat test, whatever test you want to look at it, the Thunder were better with Carmelo Anthony off the floor. The fact that they're going to have this his crazy contract on for next year and going to have to deal with him, I mean, that alone can give you a headache pretty much just thinking about it, you know? So I'm sure Paul George is thinking about that and the fact that, yeah, Carmelo Anthony still considers himself a superstar even when he's not playing anywhere close to that. Um, so that's one big factor. Let's say they even stretch Carmelo Anthony or they're able to trade him. Even if they do that, Oklahoma City is so capped out that they don't really have any other avenue to improve their team. So... Is Paul George really going to be confident with Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams? You know, granted, they have some other good role players like Jeremy Grant and two Pat Patrick Patterson. But is that really going to be enough when you're thinking long term and bigger picture when you're like, I have to go up against Golden State or even the Rockets, right? Or even the Jazz again, who's who they're probably going to retool next year. Um, so given that, it's like, oh, am I OK going back to the same team and just hinging on the fact that if we get if we take Melo out of the equation, we're a better team. You know that doesn't yeah. seem that great of uh, of a pro. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the most enticing situation. Like, how exciting is that really? What's the ceiling? Right, and given the fact that you know Russell Westbrook is a Hall of Fame type player, right? But I compared him to I, I said this on Twitter, but he almost reminds me of like a souped up, more athletic version of Allen Iverson. And people gave me flack over that because they're like. 
because they were like, Allen Iverson's a Hall of Famer. He's so great. He was more influential. And yes, I know all of that. I agree with you. I like Allen Iverson more, you know? He was able to lead the Sixers in the East to a finals. Yeah, with Eric Snow and Aaron McKee. Yeah, and... I get it. <laughs> I, I love Allen Iverson. Also, he was in the East Coast. If you put Russell Westbrook in the East Coast, Eastern Conference, who knows what, what damage he could do, you know? Eastern Conference has always been so weak, but that's beside the point because I make that comparison because I think... They're similar in the ways that they just dominate whatever team they're on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the in, the influence they have is almost uh, constricting. Almost like everything kind of orbits around them. Even if you have a guy like Kevin Durant, which he did have, you know, yeah. it was so constricting that Kevin Durant had to leave. And it's almost like every team Allen Iverson has been on as well, it had to orbit around him. Has he ever succeeded with another superstar? The closest thing I can think of is when he played with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, and they had very. Yeah. They had very middling success, you know what I mean? Yeah, the Lakers were in the way of it. <laughs> exactly. And Russell Westbrook, it's like, is this just who he is? He had like a really good run when Kevin Durant was there, but Kevin Durant was also like top two best player in the league, so yeah. it was kind of undeniable. And they had like Serge Ibaka and James Harden and everything, so... Right, and yeah. so is this what a Russell Westbrook-led team looks like when there's no clear defining other superstar and... Even though Paul George is like on the cusp of being an all considered an all star superstar slash Hall of Famer, it's like Russell Westbrook still takes precedent over everything and just his influence over everything. I mean, Paul George has to be factoring that in. The fact that you know everything's going to revolve in orbit around Russell Westbrook, so I don't necessarily think that's a positive thing. So let's go into his exit interview. Um, a lot of OKC fans and beat writers right now and i don't blame them we'd probably be doing the same if we were in their situation they're kind of grasping straws at this interview that he gave when for me overall looking at it i'm like he just gave the most pc politically correct interview you could give and he pretty much always has and he pretty much always has right dating back to right before that the news came out that his agent said, hey, trade Paul George. He only wants to go to the Lakers. If you trade him somewhere else, we're going to walk anyways in summer. Uh, right before that, what did he say to the Indiana Pacers and to the media? <laughs> I want to stay here forever. He said, I want to be a Pacer forever. You know, I love it here. So, I mean, Paul George has always given, always given the team he's on exactly what they wanted to hear. We've heard it before. He's a people pleaser. And the th yeah, and the thing is, like, I feel like it's genuine. You know, it's yeah, not lip yeah. service. It's not BS. He's... Yeah, it's people pleasing, but when he says I love Indiana, I pr I believe him, you know. And when he says whatever we're going to discuss right now about OKC, um yeah, I think it's very sincere. Right. And so I think he's being sincere with everything he said today too, except I think it's not manipulative. No. At all. And, but I think some OKC beat writers are reading too far into <laughs> it to find positive nuggets. So for example, um when they when he was asked what he thought about his first year in OKC, he kept saying the year first. Obviously, it's the first year, so it was, it was an adjustment. It was a new year for me, new games, lots of new opportunities, excuse me, new lessons to learn, new experiences. Um, the fans, the love, energy, everything has been amazing here. I have a lot to take with me and be happy about. And then he kept using, this is just the first year, this is the first year. And uh, Royce Young and some other beat writers were like, man, he kept saying first year a lot, you know? And I'm just like... Could be synonymous with last year. Yeah, or this is also, <laughs> or just like this one year, you know, like yeah. what else? There's only so many ways you can say first year. Right, right. And I don't think he's making any commitment by just saying this is my first year here. So I thought that was interesting. He could, exactly. He could have said it was one year. It was one it was season. It was one year. 
Yeah. But he just chose to, in the moment, say first year because right. it is his first year. And then he was asked about what he thought of the Oklahoma City organization as a whole, his experience. And he said, you know, to be honest with you, Oklahoma City checks a lot of boxes. The organization they checks even a lot said of checked boxes all the boxes. <laughs> checked all the boxes, right? So my response to that is, I'm sure they did, right? In yeah. his experience this past year, I'm sure they checked all the boxes for him. But let's remember, this guy has only been in two organizations his entire life. And he exited the last one under pretty sour circumstances. He is about to enter free agency for the first time. Yep. And in his exit interview, he kept saying, I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm excited. This is what people wait for. You know, all of these things just hinting at so much possibility. He said nervous, but I take that as nervous excitement. Oh, anxious for sure. Totally. Obviously, I'm reading into it in a positive way. But anytime you say nervous, it just means he's never been here before. So how can he know what to expect? Right. And so I bring that back to checking all the boxes. Well, how well do they check the boxes, if that makes sense? With like, a pencil and an eraser yeah. ready. <laughs> so what if the Lakers also check all those boxes once he meets with Magic Johnson? But with a not damn only do Sharpie. They check, or like a gold gold Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> a purple and gold Sharpie with glitter and all that stuff. You know, so it's super extra. One that Genie Bus uses for everything that she writes. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So not only do the Lakers, not only might the Lakers check all those boxes, but what if they bring forth boxes that Paul George had never exactly. even considered before? Yeah, it's like, what if OKC checked... 20 out of 20 boxes, but the Lakers check 50 out of 50. Right. It's not apples to apples necessarily, obviously. And so the Lakers could bring much more to the table. And it's just a little, I mean, yeah, I, I feel for Thunder fans, obviously. But to me, that was a little. I don't. He was there for one year. i feel for pacer fans more than you know what i mean like yeah it was a rental you guys knew what you're getting yourselves into yeah and i i almost feel bad because i feel like they're setting themselves up for failure if they continue to try and grasp at any positive straws it's their own damn fault (laughs) control your expectations he said they checked all the boxes for us we have no expectations you know we're not going to be that disappointed if he doesn't come here we never had him to begin with yeah we know we know what it feels like to not have paul george we have a young core we'll move on yeah we're gonna be like oh man that took a turn (laughs) yeah exactly so the fact that okc thunder fans and beat writers are, are reading so deeply into it is it is just interesting and everything that i heard from him in his exit interview just spoke to me as in the moment He's being politically correct. He may even be genuine about his sentiments, but it's also recency, you know, recency bias and what he just oh, went sure. through. He has no negative feelings towards these guys, but what happens when better opportunity is staring him right in the face and right in the face and better opportunity. I'm talking about Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka. You know what I mean? Genie Bus. like when he gets into a room with the Lakers, he sees the new practice facility. What is he going to say then? Right. We, we don't really know. And so um, before I, I move further, like, yeah, I guess what are your thoughts from what you heard or, or read? Yeah, I think when he said to have the chance to go where you want to go in free agency, um, that was more telling to me than mm-hmm. checking all the boxes and things like that. And I mean, is he saying anything differently than any other free agent in any sport would ever say? No, of course not. Everybody wants that opportunity to choose um, their destination. Um, but going back like a year ago, and you know, someone could say, oh, well, you're reading into something he said over a year ago. That's kind of stupid. But he said, like, yeah, it would have been great to play in Los Angeles. Who doesn't want to play 
in their hometown. He even said that in his exit interview. Yeah. Granted, someone someone asked him, you know, he was prompted to say it, but he was like, yeah, like, I think every single player in the NBA um, wants to play at home. And then, you know, he went on to clarify and be like, however, that's not like my primary, uh, that's not a priority for me necessarily in choosing where I play. Um, but that's very consistent with what he has always said. Um, and, you know, toward the end of his interview, he said, trying to figure out a direction of where the team is going to go before free agency hits important. So he wants to meet with um, Russell and he wants to meet with Carmelo and Billy Donovan and just kind of see where this team is going in the future. And uh, at that point, obviously, that would have an influence on his decision. But he, he just said he wants to be on the same page with the entire organization because we have something special here. I'm sure the OKC beat writers discussed the fact that he did say several times, we have something special here. We have something special here. Um, and you know what? Like, if he feels that way, I mean, look, it's Russell Westbrook and it's Carmelo Anthony and you got him and you have Steven Adams too. Like, on paper, that that can absolutely be enticing. And if you have more than a year to work on things... I think anybody could see um, some pros, you know, within that. And that's definitely where he's coming from. Um, But as far as what else stuck out to me, he played it pretty safe, I would say. He's not going to freaking reveal anything. And like you said, let a couple months pass by. Uh, Let's see how he feels about these these meetings, you know, especially with uh, our new front office. And all the excitement that that brings. And now Magic can wink at him all he wants. <laughs> just like he was on Jimmy Kimmel with both eyes and laughing like crazy. Um, yeah, we'll see. But like I, like you said before, if, if he doesn't come here, I mean, I'll be bummed. Because we've been ready for this for, it'll be two years at that point. But, and we'll say it again, the fact that we have such a strong young core to fall back on, like, what's the worst case scenario? We essentially bring back the exact same team that we had so much fun watching for the first time in, like, four years or something. So that's not a bad scenario whatsoever. If he does come, then amazing. That's great. Exactly. And, you know, Pete Zayas said it on Twitter after the Thunder loss, but he was like, hey, if Paul George doesn't come this summer, he never was going to come because this is pretty much the best case that's scenario true. that you could whip up. Yeah. I mean, the, the Thunder lost. The only best case scenario would be like how they lost. Oh, they got swept. And Russell Westbrook and Paul George kept fighting in the locker room. But, <laughs> you know, that's not going to, I mean, that's not going to happen. No. And we pretty much got the next best thing, which they lost in the first round to freaking Donovan Mitchell, a rookie. You know? And Toby Flenderson. And Toby Flenderson. <laughs> the HR <laughs> no. guy. <laughs> no! God, no! And Russell Westbrook did not play well. He just kept chucking up shots, and Carmelo Anthony was being overdramatic and pouty, and he's going to continue to be that way this summer. And the Lakers showed enough promise to, yeah, be a 35-win team, jump 10 wins ahead from their last season and yeah for me it's like the lakers not only showed promise but they have ammo they have assets and they have tons of cap space so paul george can almost pick his superstar and even if the superstar teammate doesn't come this summer wait till next free agency or we can trade for another guy yeah or we can keep julius randall so i mean the options are are endless (laughs) you know what i was thinking (laughs) yeah you know kobe and mellow are super tight they're like big bro little bro and mm-hmm. then Kobe and Westbrook are super tight. Same kind of thing. 
I feel like Kobe needs to call both of them and just be like, yo, you guys keep doing you. Don't ever give in. Like, keep shooting the ball. Do your thing. And then that'll be the best free agent pitch to Paul George. Are we sure he didn't do that this year? I feel like he I mean, did There's a like damn year. good chance he did because <laughs> that's what it freaking looked like. And those guys will listen to Kobe no matter what. So, uh, yeah, Kobe, I think you should talk to your, your little bros and uh, be that positive influence that you are for the Lakers' sake. Yeah, what's awesome is Kobe might actually even talk to Paul George this summer. And um, to me, that would be almost like Jerry West talking to Paul George, you know, yeah. like sealing the deal. Um, but in spite of that, you know, even if Paul George, like, you look, this is the Thunder situation. If they re-sign Paul George, Carmelo Anthony opts in, they really have no way, not only this year, but they have no way in the next three years to improve their team because Oklahoma City Thunder... They're a small market team, and they are way, way, way over the tax. Russell Westbrook is entering $40 million, $42 million, $45 million. And if they sign Paul George to that super max deal, he's going to be entering that same stratosphere as well. And the Thunder are going to be paying like $300 million. (laughs) It sounds so ridiculous, but that's literally what they'll be paying. And they won't have any other means to really improve their team outside of trading Steven Adams or something like that. Whereas you look at the Lakers and there's just so much possibility. There is growing with the young core, maybe trading and consolidating some of them for some extra superstar help, bringing in superstar help without subtracting anything by just because we have cap space. I mean, it's your hometown, et cetera, et cetera. So factoring all those in, um, it's going to be an interesting time for Paul George. And he said it himself, I need to decompress and we don't know what happens in the next few weeks. And I think even even just in terms of outside of checking the boxes and whatnot, he even said something about, um, I'm just trying to, the biggest thing is keeping a relationship with Sam Presti, continuing to talk to Sam, continuing to talk with Billy, with Russ, and figuring out the direction we want to go as a group, right? For me, that's that's just, I'm not going to burn a bridge, you know? Yeah. I need to talk to them anyways. Of course. So I'm going to talk to them like anybody else would. Exactly. You just finished a freaking season together and it didn't end the way you wanted it to. You're going to talk. If if we're going to read into that and say like, oh, it seems like he's very positive on the organization and all that stuff, like, I'm sure he is. Um, but again, what happens when a better organization comes along, more opportunity comes along, a bigger role comes along, and all of that is staring him in the face? Is he going to be able to deny it? And for me, I think for me, the more telling thing is if there was ever an interview where I'd be scared as a Lakers fan and be like, and I and, and I would have been more along the lines of, oh, maybe he is going to stay, is if Paul George had said stuff like, yo, I got some unfinished business to do, that left a sour taste in my mouth. If he was a little bit more sad, you know what I mean? It kind of felt like he was just kind of uh, neutral about everything. And for me, that almost means like... Kind of matter of fact. Yeah, and maybe I'm reading too much into it. But for me, it's like, wouldn't it have been more impactful if he was so pissed off and he was like, yo, me and Russ were talking and we're just game planning and it just left a sour taste in my mouth. There's unfinished business. This is just the first. If he had said all of those things in conjunction, sure. then I would have been like, ooh. Yeah, it sounds like he's thinking about really sticking sticking with this team. It seems like it's left a sour taste in his mouth. And um, it seems like a little more than just random speak or whatever. Can, like a, More than just a canned response. And so instead, he just kind of, it's not, not so much a canned response, but he gave us literally what he's feeling about the organization and um, he said there are highs, there are lows. I mean, everything he said to me was just political correctness. And yes, like we said, he could be genuine, but it didn't really 
show his hand one way or another and went like you like you mentioned when he was asked about the Lakers and playing for his hometown he's like I'm not gonna lie to you of course everybody would want to do that it's not the only thing I'm factoring of course it's not the only thing he's gonna factor if he goes to the Lakers luckily for the Lakers that's not all we have to offer for once you yeah. know what I'm saying so yeah with that said I'm excited Alan where's your confidence level to to close this show uh with Paul George and um yeah I guess where's your confidence level um, on a scale of zero to one hundred, I'd put it at seventy-eight percent. Nice. Yeah, seventy-eight point five. There, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? Um, ninety-nine point. Hey, there you go. Eight, nine, seven, six, one, three, <laughs> five, two percent, and rising. Infinity and rising. percent. So, yeah, I'm feeling good about Paul George. And, I mean, the fact of the matter is I'm feeling confident one way or another for the first time this summer. Obviously, things may change once we, you know, hear those rumors and all of a sudden we're super invested in it. But right now it's it's like I'm happy with the way this season has gone. I'm happy with our young core and how engaging, funny, charismatic they are. And obviously their play and all that stuff, all the potential. Julius Randle's back in yeah, the gym dude. working his ass already off. already in there I mean, today. I mean, we got a good young group, and um, whatever happens, happens. And for once, that type of mentality may actually work out for us this year. You know, just us kind of being like, yeah, if he comes, he comes. He may actually come, and then it's super lit. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, I'm feeling good, and the playoffs are, are have been super fun to watch, and I'm gonna obviously going to continue to watch, watch them. And, uh, yeah, July is just around the corner. And I'm sure all the rumors are going to be ramping up. Uh, continue to join us and listen to us. We'll try and uh, bring forth some new prospects to dissect. And um, yeah, I am looking forward to June and then most especially July when all those rumors should be heating up. So, Alan, any last words? Who are you rooting for to win it all? Uh, I kind of want to just see the Sixers make it to the finals, <laughs> okay. which would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, I, I obviously I think Cleveland's going to just... I mean, gonna I think they're going to make right. it. Yeah. They, they just seem to have like this mental hold on the Toronto Raptors. Yesterday no made me feel that so bad. much, dude. Yeah. When LeBron hit that yeah. shot, I was like, all right, this is over in five. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'm not really rooting for anybody just because I feel like the Warriors are going to win and that's yeah. fine. Um, I just would like to see someone else come out from the East um, this year. So we'll see. I keep forgetting that we have a stake in LeBron too, but I'm, I'm just like, I don't care. Like he can make it back to the finals if he wants to. I feel like it's not really going to matter. He's had to drag the lifeless body. LeBron is scaring me, dude. Like, yeah, I know Tommy said it in our chat. Like I'm worried for his health. Yep. He said, it reminds me of the Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard year where he was just like pushing it to the, the brink and to the edge. Right. Until, he literally broke. I was happy to see him like actually rest right, during the right. game yesterday. So yeah, very interesting. Um, yeah. With that said, uh, that will be it for our show. Um, I know we keep teasing this, like we're going to look back on our preseason predictions and what happened with our stats predictions and stuff, but uh, there's just so much juicy news to talk about, you know? Um, so hope you guys enjoy that. Yeah. will be forthcoming, but the best way to make sure that there's going to be a new Lakers legacy episode is to rate interview us on iTunes. So do that and also follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. And if you want to throw like a dollar or two dollars or three dollars our way, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Anything you give 
is of is of great help. So with that said, Alan, I will catch you later. I know you're gonna watch the uh, Jazz Houston Rockets recording. I'm not gonna give anything away. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, I'll let you go. All right, later's. Peace. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit Credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.